0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Wednesday, November 16th, 2022. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. The fastest job growth in Alaska over the next 10 years will be in agriculture. But if you're thinking farmers and cows, think again. The Alaska Department of Labor projects that marijuana cultivation will lead all industries in job growth statewide between now and 2030. The biggest declines in jobs are projected to come from broadcast and print media. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports.
1: The data are published in the October issue of Trends, the monthly report of the Alaska Department of Labor and Workforce Development. Cannabis cultivation emerged as Alaska's leading high-growth industry for jobs because, unlike every other sector, it did not suffer a setback during the pandemic in 2020. Job growth in marijuana cultivation and production actually increased by 8.2 percent that year, far ahead of the only other sector to remain in positive territory, mill rights, which saw job growth of about 2%. Statistically speaking, marijuana is lumped into the farming, fishing, and forestry category, but state economists say that job growth in this category is driven by marijuana, and its dominant occupations are farm workers and laborers, which represent about 40% of marijuana employment. This is also where almost 80% of the sector's growth is expected to come from in the next 10 years. Typically, healthcare is a strong sector for job growth, and the numbers suggest a post-pandemic rebound may be on its way. 14 of the top 25 fastest growth jobs are in healthcare, with jobs ranging from surgical techs and registered nurses to dietitians and recreational therapists. All those jobs fall below veterinarian, however, which is expected to see 16% more growth in the next decade. The list of occupations expected to decline in Alaska reads a little like a 1990s career aptitude test. Fallers and logging equipment operators are on the decline, as are insurance sales agents, printing press operators, and mechanical drafters. Leading the pack in job declines, however, are broadcast announcers, news analysts, reporters, journalists, and broadcast technicians, which are all expected to see losses around 35 percent by 2030. Alaska is a relatively small state and a large broadcasting world, however, and that tends to inflate the statistics somewhat. The actual number of broadcast and journalism jobs the state will lose is 36, with a third of that loss occurring during the pandemic. The data don't capture how many people in the arts, design, entertainment, sports, and media category transitioned to freelance work or became self-employed, which is common in this sector. Factoring pandemic job losses into the overall picture for the next 10 years is important to consider. Other jobs in the bottom 25 include bartenders and ushers, lobby attendants, and ticket takers. The discussion in trends points to an apparent contradiction. If we were to look at only 2020 to 2030, these occupations would appear to be among the fastest growing, but they hemorrhaged jobs during the pandemic, making the recovery look like massive growth. From pre-pandemic levels, the decade decline is around 5%. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey.
0: You can find a link to the October issue of Trends on our website, kcaw.org. 27 of Sitka's youngest actors take to the stage this weekend to perform a play set in an enchanted forest. Young Performers Theater director Zeke Blackwell and performers Aria Galanin and Rosie Starbuck joined KCAW for the morning interview on Tuesday to discuss the project. A Tale from the North Woods isn't a widely known play, but the themes woven into a fairy tale setting are timeless. Here's Blackwell.
1: There are trolls and gnomes who have been feuding for generations um, and then there's these two young girls who one is a troll and one is a gnome and they kind of accidentally meet each other and really enjoy spending time with each other and want to be friends so they have to figure out how to stop their families from fighting.
0: Arya Galanin is playing a 10-year-old gnome named Leela.
2: And she is very passionate about drawing like she loves art she has this sketchbook that is filled with like Tons of her drawings, and in the very first scene, she goes and she disobeys her parents' rules going into like the troll country Mm -hmm. just to find her sketchbook. That's how passionate she is. And Rosie Starbuck
0: is playing the role of Shebok, a 10-year-old troll.
2: And she really loves to write, and she really does not like her brother.
0: YPT is a performing arts training program at the Sitka Fine Arts Camp. It's divided into two groups, 2nd through 5th grade and 6th through 12th grades. Both groups produce a play in the fall and a musical in the spring. Both Starbuck and Galanin say they're learning skills that go beyond the stage.
2: Yeah, we've been learning how to memorize lines, but we've also been learning um, teamwork building mm-hmm. and how to improvise if something bad happens in the real play. Like if somebody forgets your line, we have to learn what to do. And we've been doing that from the, that the last two practices. Zeke has been trying not to help us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We also play games that help you like speak up louder and you know, have expression and act is also just kind of like an acting thing where you you learn how to have emotion for different stories.
0: A Tale from the North Woods opens November 18th at Odes Theater. You can find ticket information on our website at kcaw.org. A totem pole that spent more than 100 years far from home has returned to the Haida village of Kassan on Prince of Wales Island. It's the first time any climb property has been repatriated to the village of about 30 residents. KRBD's Reagan Miller has more.
3: We are really small, but we're still here.
2: The Yadis pole is massive. It's too old to stand now, having been carved in the late 1800s, but when it did, it stood 52 feet tall and 4 feet wide, it even has a steel core and had to be barged up on a flatbed truck because it was too big for a box. Mike Jones is the president of Kassan's tribe. He says the village turned out on a recent Saturday to see the first piece of clan property to come back to Kassan.
3: I feel like the Pole's been displaced for a long time and been wanting to come home and had to have some kind of recognition.
2: Jones says it's a symbol of pride for the people of Kassan, a Haida village on the eastern shore of Prince of Wales Island.
3: We are the original Totem Pole people. We're the first of the first. Totem pole carving for us goes back to mythical times. Um, we are the only culture in the entire world to have monumental sculpture in front of every single house. Nobody else did that. None of our neighbors did that. So uh, it really became a, a symbol of, of bringing our culture back.
2: The Yadis Pole spent more than 100 years away from the village. Jones says it left with then-Chief Sonahat, Wilson Peel, who was taking the pole down to California for the 1906 Indian Crafts Exhibition in Redondo. Jones says he also took a dismantled house and other poles with him.
3: He actually took uh, 200 tons altogether, including the house, the poles, and, and other paraphernalia rattles and masks and things like this that he took down.
2: The pole was split into two pieces for the journey. After the show, it moved into a private collection, In 1951, the pole was found in a lumberyard, waiting to be made into pulp. The pole was then placed in the courtyard of the Colorado Springs Fine Arts Center until 2006, when it became too old to stand up and was put into storage. Then, in 2010, Jones says the idea of bringing it home started to reach Kassan, where, more than 100 years ago, it fronted the house of the chief.
3: The Colorado Springs Fine Arts Center reached out to the organized village of Kassan in 2010, uh expressing that they wanted to repatriate the poll. And at that time, we did not have our, our, uh, our cafe or the carving shed, and there was some concern as to where to put it. And the main thing was the funding was not available at the time, so it stayed in storage.
2: But when Jones took his job as tribe president in 2019, it also sparked his desire to dive deeper into his Haida culture. And he started thinking about the poll again, it was then that he got an email from Richard Reinhardt, the CEO of the Central Council of Klink and Haida Indian Tribes of Alaska's business center, who also wanted to make the repatriation happen.
3: Like, first started going through this reawakening of our culture, and, you know, because we went through what we call the silent years, right, after kind of a, you know, there's been a, a cultural genocide, yeah, through the boarding schools, and and things like that, so a lot of us, my generation, I'm in mean my 50s, we didn't, we didn't grow up you know really knowing who we were in our history and our culture and stuff.
2: See Alaska Heritage Institute helped pay for the repatriation along with more help from Klingket and Haida. Joan says that's an important gesture.
3: It, it'll affect the way that I carry myself because I know that, that my village is important and, and, and it was shown. That, that we matter. We're such a small tribe here. And Phil uh, you know, so Alaska really stepped up to, uh, to help us and uh, bring our history back.
2: It's not just Kassan that's benefiting from the repatriation. Jones says he's heard from Haida people in Haida Gwaii who admire the pole,
3: And that's the ripple effect of it, of touching people from so far away.
2: Jones says the pole was placed on a site where the tribe hopes to one day build a cultural center. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Reagan Miller.
0: Taking a look at the community calendar. All are invited to participate in Rock Your Mocks by wearing regalia or moccasins the week of November 13th. The Sitka Police and Fire Commission meets at 5.30 p.m. today at Harrigan Centennial Hall. The Sitka Planning Commission meets at 7 p.m. today at Harrigan Centennial Hall. Adult soccer is played from 6.30 to 8 p.m. every Wednesday at Moeller Field. Email youthsoccer at gmail.com with questions. And the Alaska Way of Life 4-H Club hosts a deer series for youth age 7 to 18 to connect with the land and local community members, 3.30 p.m. Wednesdays in November. Activities include jerky making, crafts with deer hooves, hide tanning, and game processing. Email anna at sitkawild.org to register and for more information. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.